Welcome to the Untitled Podcast. I'm one half of your host, Stonewall Craft, alongside my boy, Lorenzo Rocha. What up? What's going on, my guy? We're right, jo- that's my- it's fine. We're joined by <laughs> two special guests. One of them, Peyton Michelle Mannering. How you doing, my guy? I'm doing great. How are you doing, Stonewall? Good, good, good. And then rounding out, we have the resident Thunder Homer, Zave. What up? What's up? Big week for Thunder. Big Crazy. week. Big week. And, you know, I'm going to be honest, guys. We've been talking about the NFL for a while. Just not exclusively. That's been our main thing, like our big chunk. And uh, it's kind of bummed me out because the NFL fucking sucks. Let's get back into the NBA. The Pats suck. but <laughs> And Michigan sucks. Not a good combo. All right, so I've just, I started off our NBA segment, just a little moment of silence for the Clay Thompson season. Everybody, moment of silence. Damn, damn, damn. Peter, thoughts on Clay Thompson just rupturing his Achilles? Um, absolutely tragic because Clay Thompson is arguably one of the most fun people to watch in terms of his game. Very tragic. Very, very tragic. Dave, what do you think this implies for the Warriors going forward and like their window for the season? Well, personally, I didn't think the Warriors were gonna. I didn't think they were title contenders this year, like anyways, because Draymond's not what he used to be. Who knew what Clay was gonna look like coming back? And then they just like they're just not as deep anymore. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it would have been tough for them to go to the championship now that they don't have Clay for the whole year. Just hurts them even more. So. I agree. And, I think they'll definitely yep. still be a playoff team with Curry, but we'll see. Well, I think that's if they were not in the loaded West, I think that's like an easy statement to say, you know. Um, Roach, thoughts, thoughts and prayers, where are they at? So, definitely sucks just because, I mean, the fans are just better off with Clay Thompson playing, obviously. Like, he's just a great player, does things the right way, plays the game the right way. But um, for the Warriors, I mean, his style of play, he's just a catch-and-shoot guy. So he's not super reliant on that athleticism. And, yeah, it sucks. Like, they were looking to get back in championship contention this year and start competing again. But, I mean, Clay's still what? Is he, like, 29, 30? Yeah, he's young. He's in his still prime. relatively young. Yeah, still relatively young. Uh, and then... I think he'll be able to work back from it. And his style of play, uh, like I said, isn't so reliant on athleticism. So I don't think it's going to be a super huge long-term deal, like a long-term issue. But for this year, yeah. I mean, I could see him being a playoff team. But even with Clay, it was going to be a stretch to see him go any farther than that. One thing I think is like the tragedy of all this is that I think Clay Thompson really was going to showcase how much he's grown as a basketball player. Just because think about the role that he was in, like when they first started to become relevant, like he wasn't where he needed to be as a player to be a number one scoring option, like at all. And then once he kind of gets into that, they get KD and you know, he's playing third fiddle, like scoring wise. And then now I think it would have been back. Like, I think we would have thought about them like, they would have staggered them kind of how Harden and Chris Paul were like in those first, in that first Rockets year. Like, I think the number, the, the analytics 
for that Warriors team, I think would have been wild. So that just kind of sucks that we don't get to see that. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it definitely does suck. I was excited to watch him hit 53s a game, but... Alas, we do not. A good segue. So Clay Thompson goes out, and I think the fact that they didn't trade that number two pick showed everybody that they knew it was serious. So they kind of just took their guy and just picked James Wiseman and said, let's just run with him. Um, Peter, what do you think about the James Wiseman pick at two? Uh, I think, honestly, very good pick for for the Warriors. Uh, currently, right now, the Warriors have been such a small front court. Um, that I feel like they just have like such a – they're missing a presence down low, and I think a big man – yeah, it is like a guard-oriented league, but I think that that big man presence really can actually elevate. And I think under the, you know, the the veteran players of like Draymond Green, who's not necessarily the biggest guy, but like kind of plays more, just like a little more physical, I guess you could say. I think can like really toughen up James Wiseman. So I think it's a really good pick. I think eventually James Wiseman, I think that'll be his team unless he gets traded for some reason and he flops. But kind of hard to tell. But I think it's a good pick overall. Dave, what do you think of James Wiseman's game? Of his game? Yeah. I feel like, obviously, every young NBA center has to come into the league and put on some muscle and get ready for the physicality that the NBA brings. But he does have a jump. He does have some sort of a jump shot, so that's kind of good to see that he's not just completely brick city from outside. But he has a good game. He's just got to get more physical and physically built to be able to endure the nba i i personally think he's kind of like a worse bagley i don't know if that's like a blasphemous thing to say um roach i know you didn't go in depth really on like the draft this year but i'm sure you looked into james wiseman like what what pops out to you about like this pick for them and like what he can he help can can he help them in the short term and is that their goal, like straight up their goal for him, or do they think they can develop him, like Peyton said, like into the future of their franchise? Yeah. So from the jump, that it fills their number one need, which was a five, a big man who can defend the rim. Um, he's really, he's actually like super athletic for his size. So that definitely fits um, the modern NBA much more. I don't know if you want to like, compare him he's basically at least in my opinion kind of like a larger version of bam minus maybe the playmaking that bam's kind of developed throughout the years for sure um he's really mobile he's gonna he's gonna be able to defend the rim i don't see him i mean he's gonna contribute this first year i mean might as well right like might as well start pointing <laughs> got nothing else to do some experience but he's i don't he's not gonna be an immediate like game-changing impact player um but maybe a couple years down the line, he's definitely going to fit. I mean, Clay and Clay and Curry will still be there more than likely. So, and I think Curry's by default. Yeah, I think Curry by default is going to bring out the best in Wiseman. I like a bunch yeah. of people are saying Warriors, like, yeah, keep on. The Warriors aren't going to mess him up. Like he's going to develop with them, especially playing with those two guys in the future. Like those literally can't play with anyone better. So, yeah, I mean, he's just going to take time to develop, but. Yeah, you know, he's he's gonna turn into what I think they what they want him to be and what that team needs. Peter, so I have my comp for him in my big board. I put a smaller white side. Mm. 
Do you think you put you take a player like Whiteside at two? Uh, it's so hard to tell, to be completely honest, because it could be like Whiteside where he has those spurts of moments where you're like, oh, okay, he's got some game, but then you get those spurts of moments like he's just kind of there, you know what I mean? Oh, so, I know exactly I what you mean. <laughs> yes. Listen, listen, that's a that's a, a flame I do not like stepping on. Um that I rode him a little bit last year and now I see the true value of him, but I won't get into that. Um it's so hard to tell, you know, and I think that I think Wiseman has like a high ceiling, but yeah, I mean when you say like he's kind of a a worse Bagley, yes, but I think his ceiling's a lot higher than Bagley's, if that makes sense. Don't you think it's fun? So another comp I had was like Miles Turner. And when you think about it, Miles mm-hmm. Turner, Hassan Whiteside, the same fucking player, but they have yes. totally different reputations. Yeah, there's both kind of notorious for going MIA <laughs> in <Yeah>. games. <laughs> I don't know. Whiteside, I don't know if you'd say this about Turner so much, but uh, Whiteside's biggest knock uh, outside of him just disappearing also that you just can't play him at the end of games. Um, so I don't know. I think, but Edwards well, if you, his athleticism or not Edwards Wiseman with his athleticism. Um, and depending, I don't know how good of a free throw shooter he is to be honest. He's fine. Uh, I mean, he's serviceable. A, yeah. Here's if he can stay on too. the floor and just, just keep that paint locked down. I mean, I think I don't think he's gonna necessarily. He's gonna have more of an effect on the game than so Whiteside, who's just there to grab boards and block. Like you know what I mean? He's gonna actively be defending. Yeah. Um, I no, I know you just mentioned Edwards. Um, Zave, Edwards number one. Was that really what? Do you think they just kind of took him because they thought he was the safe pick, or do they really believe he is number one pick worthy? I feel like they took him because he definitely. I feel like he fits with the Timberwolves better than Lamella does because yeah. Lamella needs the ball. And I don't think Anthony Edwards does as much. And I think they want D'Angelo running that offense. So picking Edwards, his ability to play off the ball fits better. So I think that's why they chose him. But Lamella was the right pick. I think he's the best player in the draft. I agree. And I. In the lost episode that was last week, the fog got corrupted. Sorry for the fans of the pod. Um, That's I, a good one. I told Lorenzo that I thought... So the whole mindset for the Timberwolves, right? We're picking for fit. We have two cornerstones, <laughs> D'Angelo and Cat. Isn't it... Shouldn't he, Okay. If that is your logic, don't you have the ability to just go for the home run player? Like, you don't... You, like you're not going to be punished as much. You're not the Pistons. You have D'Angelo and Cat. You might as well just take Lamelo. If, if you think there's a slim chance he can be a superstar, I think you take him. So I don't know if you feel the same way, Peter. What do you think about that? Uh, Melo is the best player in the draft. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Roach, do you think he's the best player in the draft? Um, honestly, I don't know enough about a lot of these players to determine that I do think he's going to be a really, a really solid player in the league just because, I mean, really, when you think about it, he's just a better version of his brother, (laughs) in my opinion. Um, Maybe not defensively, but I think he, 
he can score the ball better. And also his passing is just as good, if not better than even Lonzo, which Lonzo is a great passer. Um, but in terms of Edwards, <clears throat> in terms of Edwards um, being chosen by the Wolves, this is, like you said, Stone, the epitome of pick for fit. So they already got Russell. They already got Towns. And, I mean, just adding that scoring option next to him um, definitely just epitomizes pick for fit. So I don't think necessarily he's going to like turn out to be a flop or anything like that. He might not be number one pick worthy. Like you were saying, I don't think he's going to be that guy who's a game changer or, you know, fits in as like a big three to those guys, but he's definitely going to compliment them. And yeah. At least it fits their vision for what they want that team to be. If they want to contend a hundred percent. Um, so what was like, was there a moment in this draft for any of you guys where you were just like, what the fuck is going on? Um, whoever can think of one, just chime in. Cause I definitely Num- have one. number. Oh dude. Number four pick by far. Patrick Williams. <laughs> Patrick Williams. Yeah. I was at work. I was at work and I was kind of, I watched like the first five picks of the draft where I got back to work <clears throat> and, uh, I saw they to- chose this Patrick Williams dude, and me and you Stone were talking last week, and I don't remember if we brought up if you brought up his name at all, but I don't remember hearing of this guy. Um, yeah, really, at least from you or like anything that I've seen on TV or you know just in articles. Um, For sure, I just thought it was kind of a a weird pick, but I don't know enough about him to. I thought it was weird as fuck too. So that's one of those people. I don't know if you've like can like attest to this or know this feeling there's just some prospects i'm like i don't see it like i don't get it and Mm -hmm. i think that's what patrick williams was for me he just kept he was one of those dudes that just kept climbing up boards um like i don't even have him on my big board like my top 15 i didn't i think it's uh i think we talked about him the fact that he's he is a really good defender yes and you can't really i don't think you can teach defense if like you just have the not at this level no i don't think so you just have the ability and that's what he has and his shot isn't broken from what i've seen yeah so if he can just be that three and d guy and they found him then that's i feel like that's a good pick i my whole thing is i think you take denny at four, like if you want a wing, mm-hmm. I think like you're the you are ass. You take the. I mean, I could be totally wrong about Patrick Williams. Hopefully, because I mean, I don't like when the Bulls suck. Let's be honest. I mean, they're a legacy franchise. I want them to be good, and just the fact that I they pick some like it was kind of out of the blue. It was like, oh, they're targeting Pat Williams. Like what? Yeah. Didn't even think that was in the cards. I. I don't know. I think they were hoping Lamelo was going to fall to him, but that didn't happen. So they went. I'm guessing he was number two on their big board. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, that was one of the. Another one was Tyrese Halliburton falling to eleven. That's. I thought the Knicks. I don't know why the Knicks didn't draft him. Wasn't twelve? It was eleven. But yeah, I mean, the fact that he didn't go top ten was kind of mind blowing to me. Um, yeah. Like if Killian Hayes got picked before number seven, he definitely would have went to the Pistons. We could go to the Pistons later. I'm about to, you know, give him the business <laughs> for the next hour. <laughs> Yikes! But 
Um, yeah, I don't know. The fact that the Kings, the, I bet they were, I didn't think the pick makes sense for them because they have De'Aaron. But at the same time, if you have, if you think Tyrese Halliburton's a great player, which I think he's going to be, then you just take him. Like, yeah. And there's it's been like the opposite that about Fox not wanting to be there and stuff like that. So, yeah. Kind of like the opposite situation of the Wolves. Like, that's just taking the best player on the board at that point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just picked, you just chose talent right there. Which I, I mean, there was talks that Halliburton might go number one like two months ago. And then he goes to 11. I, that was weird to me. Like, I don't know. He's the best. I think he's the best pure playmaker in the draft by far. And he's wetty. I mean, I, I just don't think a player like that can fail, you know, at this level. Like I told you, Cochine, yeah. worst case scenario, he's Andre Miller and plays in the league for 16 years. Worst case <laughs> yeah. scenario. I thought, I thought it was crazy, like Xavier said, that the Knicks didn't take him because looking at wh- who they had, like a guard, a playmaking guard literally is like the perfect fit and a player of his skill. Like it just made sense both ways. And but how? They, so Keep going. They took, they took Obi Toppin and this just shows the Knicks priorities, right? They do not care about competing. They are just there to make money. Obi Toppin from New York. Whoever's running, if, 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 uh, I can't even think of the owner's name right now because he's James such a retard. <laughs> yes. If James Dolan made this decision to pick Obi Toppin, it just shows he wanted fans to become invested in the Knicks because they chose a homegrown dude. Mm-hmm. What was like, in Toppin, Toppin is a uh, Toppin can dunk, so he's yeah, kind of showtime. Like he's, a, he's a he's a high flying transition guy. He's gonna pop off the screen. He's gonna make big plays. But in terms of like, I, I'm not saying he's not gonna be a good player either. It's just at that position in number eight, your best fit and the best player available was Halliburton. Like that's not even a question. And and I just don't see how you choose yet another forward. How many times do we have to? How many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, okay. And if you're gonna build a team in the NBA, what do you need? A playmaker, a guard, a play, guard. just Playmaking a play, guard. Yeah, just yes, just a playmaker. You can run your offense through. Worst case scenario with Halliburton, he's gonna run an offense, and it won't be as efficient as you want it to be. But at the end of the day, he's still gonna be a decent player. That could run maybe a second unit. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. I just don't get it. I mean, when I I don't know if I told you when they picked Obi Top, and I was like in shock. But I don't know why I was. Yeah, I think he texted me. I, I don't know why I was because they're so stupid. I don't hope, dude. Like I said, hopefully I'm wrong about this shit. I hate, I hate, hate, hate when players just bust and they are set up for failure. Hopefully, I am wrong, but I don't see how you think you can build around Ob Toppin. That was one per- like I get. Ob- My comp to him, Dave, you might you're gonna love this. Derek Williams. I don't know if you remember him from Arizona when he was coming <laughs> <laughs> drafted number two. Didn't do shit. All I'm saying, I've just seen this. I'm just so sick. I'm just over these people that can't shoot, bro. Like I'm just over it. Like. I'm over it. These stocky, like, tweeners that can't do anything. Is Julius Randle a good player? Yes. 
Is Julius Randle a good player? Yes, but he's not a cornerstone of a franchise. And if you're picking in the top ten, that's what you need. Rant over. Fuck the Knicks. Julius Randle is not worth twenty million dollars. That's all I'm gonna say. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I was in the camp. I was like, dude, the Lakers should just keep him. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, yeah. So okay. Yeah. Oh, keep going. Do you have something to say? No, no, I, I think I'm going to, yeah, I think, never mind, we're good. Another, <laughs> another, what do you, uh, let's just, I had like a winners and losers of the section. It sounds like we're just going through the losers right now. Fuck it. <laughs> Cavs at number five taking Isaac Okura is awful, indefensible. I don't know, he is, really? I think it's indefensible, bro. He's, t- he, I don't think he's going to be good. Like I said, bro, I'm tired of these dudes that can't shoot. He is Justice Winslow. Like, it's like these these franchises, bro, it's like they forget the drafts. Like they forget all this stuff that happens like few years, like Justice Winslow. He's fine. But you don't pick him at number five. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know yeah. what you think. Zave, I don't know if you want to expand on that, on the Isaac Okura. I don't know. I how. think they should have taken Okongwu. I think Okongwu is going to be really good. So do I. can stretch the floor and will bang down low for his size. So. What? Okay. Is the verdict just out on these, like, 3 and D people? Like, he, he's smaller. He's best case scenario. He's Jimmy Butler. Best, 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 best case scenario. He's Jimmy Butler. And Roach, we've discussed on this podcast. Jimmy Butler can't be your number one and win a title. Yes, I mean talking about a corner, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, from everything I've seen about him, like he basically he has everything you want outside of that shot. And I don't know. It depends on how much you value that. I mean, okay, uh, that just sounded retarded. Let me retract that statement. (laughs) You obviously value shot. Like, you value a good shot. You value making shots. This is the modern NBA. It's it's just just if you'll talk yourself into that, you can make him a shooter. Yes, that you can develop that shot is the other part of that. And some of the things that I've seen, just like in terms of the person he is, he's a hard worker. Um, and those are just kind of like intangible things. Like he's going to, I think he's going to put in the work whether or not it pans out. I mean, that's, this was a crap shoot of crap shoot of draft, right? Yeah. Like we were talking about last week. And if you see so much upside in this dude outside of that shot that you know, you can work on and fix. And, you know, we've seen plenty of players develop their shot over a year throughout the years. So if he develops that shot, then cool. Like that's going to be, it's going to be a great pick. For this team it's gonna fit what they wanted but at the same time it's not like it's also a big risk i guess is the, the and, second part of that and if you're the Cavs, i think you need to like look yourselves in the mirror and think can we really develop this player and i guarantee you they looked in the mirror and said yes we can when everyone else yeah, around so them it. knows they can't they we just can't do it own. we can develop him oh my god dude like classic Cavs. Po- I was gonna say, didn't Kevin Porter just get arrested recently? <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure he got arrested, but that's yeah, another did. story for another day. Yeah, it's uh, it's like gun charges and marijuana, but that's for another day and another time. Dave, I fantastic. 
I heard you lose your mind about Okongwu. Just let us know why the Hawks are a winner in this draft because they got Okongwu. Why they're a winner. Yes. Um, a lot of people had him going top four. So getting him at really? six is a nice win because top four players in a draft is really good. And if you get a top four player later, it's also a win. Not It's not too much later, but... I mean, you didn't. I don't think they expected him to fall to them, and they obviously didn't need to go center because they have Capella. So they obviously saw this is the best guy on the board, the most potential. We're gonna we're gonna take him, even though we don't relatively need a center right now. Yes. And I mean, he just fits the modern NBA mold of a center. He can shoot the ball, and if you, you want him to go down low, he can run that pick and roll. I mean, you can set him up on the post. He'll bang down there and pick and pops too. Like he can literally just do everything other than really play make. They didn't see that in college. Yeah. But he's a really good player. And I think that's, he's going to be a really good player in the NBA. So I've talked myself into this comp. Roach, you know about the comp I have for Okongwu. I'm just going to drop it right now. I had doubts when I told you, Roach. I'm just going to drop it right now. This dude is Bam out of bio. And why are we acting like he's not? Like all the stuff I've I've seen this dude play, and I'm like I am literally watching Bam Adebayo. So, yeah, Bam minus the playmaking. Yes, minus the playmaking. But that was a whole. That's I don't think anyone knew Bam could run an offense like that no, until that, the Celtics yeah, series. Kind of came out. Yeah, that just kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> and Okongwu can shoot, which Bam really can't. Yeah. So, I mean, there's pluses to both. All right, what else we got? Give me your take on. Give me your take on Denny. Denny Advia. I mean, he is Doncic light, and I think the fact that he fell to nine, the Wizards were losing their minds because the Bulls probably should have taken him. Cavs probably should have taken him. Then after that, it was kind. I mean, honestly, the Knicks probably should have taken him too. Like the fact that three teams that definitely needed somebody like that passed on him, I think is the Wizards were losing their goddamn mind. Like, I don't know. I'm, I think that's a better. I mean, I get the Wizards suck, but as a pure basketball situation, having like Bradley Beal is so nice for a player like Maybe Denny Advia. Maybe John Wall. Maybe. Don't sleep on John Wall. I'm. Is that like your hot take that you're coming up with? Is that you think John Wall is going to be nuts this year? It was kind of fermenting before. Was that you that were talking I about? Think he's, I think so. I think he's going to be nuts, dude. I mean, think about it. That's John Wall pre-injury. Would you, did you consider him top five point guard in the league? Probably, yeah. All right. I think he's just going to be even better than that. So maybe even top four. I love it. I love the confidence. He doubled I mean, down. John Wall, look, if I'm just saying if you if any team wants R- Russell Westbrook and thinks he's a positive asset, you cannot say John Wall is not a positive asset. Peter, thoughts? I can agree with that. Yeah. I Peter's that. saying he trade John Walford McCollum right now. <laughs> uh, when you can't get Beal, so you just settle for John Wall. <laughs> yeah, I settle for John Wall. Just pair him up with uh, Dame. No, 
I think John Wall will be good. I think he'll prove that he's still in, but I don't think he'll be hot take. I don't think he'll be top five. No, I don't think top so either. Fifteen player. No. <laughs> no. Even then, top forty player. Maybe. There you go. Now we're talking. I'll give, I'll give him. I'll give him a. I'll project him to become to go back in the top ten point guard conversation this year. Yes, okay, I can agree with that. Yep, I would hope. And he's not going to be, be nice. ten. <laughs> you just gave yourself that cushion for you know if shit happens. Um, I think the most underrated moment in this draft was the fact that Tyrell Terry dropped to the second round to the Mavs. That is humongous. Like, right after that happened, you know what they did? Traded Seth Curry. They're like, here you go. We don't need him anymore. We have a younger, possibly better version of Seth Curry. So, I think yeah. that was wild that they got him. I don't know if you guys have any thoughts on that. but What else do we got? So, I don't know too much about him other than the fact that he's wet from three. So, I mean, I'm just saying you can never go wrong with a shooting guard, a guard who can shoot the ball, who can handle the ball, especially playing next to Doncic. I'm just saying, bro, if you have like, okay, say you make everybody on the court like a silhouette, you can't see who they are, and you run some highlights of Tyrell Terry, you're going to tell me that's Trey Young or Steph Curry. Guarantee it. You wouldn't know. Guarantee it. You'd have no clue. So, what were you going to say earlier, Peter, about the Spurs? Uh, Devin Vassell, a steal. I'm saying it right now. Mm-hmm. Dude, I think Devin Vassell is a complete dog. Dude is so good. I agree. And I think the Spurs picked up a great player to pair with DeJounte Murray and you, Lonnie Walker. You are the I, president of the DeJounte Murray fan club. I found. I, love DeJ- I think DeJounte Murray is underrated. That's all I'm saying. I think that dude is like defensively one of like the most underrated players in the league. I agree. DeJounte Murray for Dame straight up. Who says no? I think, okay. Well, I think the Spurs say no. I like Lonnie Walker. <laughs> I like Lonnie, Lonnie Walker, Walker too. Jakob um, Pertle, dude. Like, come on. I want, I guess, I don't know. We can, we can either save Oklahoma City's pick for. Let's save. Let's save. Let's Zave's, save. For Zave's what? commencement of. The Sam Presti fan club or let's save it. Let me go first and just to clear the ultimate winner Tyrese of the draft. Maxine. No, 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 no. We're not even talking about that. We're talking about the ultimate winner of the draft this year. The Detroit Pistons. <laughs> I'm so happy. They got their guy at seven. They wanted Killian Hayes. He fell to him somehow. I don't know how that happened. I mean, I know how that happened, but I think Killian Hayes might be the best player in this draft, like when it's all said and done. And then they get that Stewart dude, that center, who is just going to be a defensive stalwart, I think. Like, he's going to be a rim protector. And then they got three picks in the top 20. They, they got Sadiq Bey, who I think is a better version of Vassell, personally. So I'm just happy, bro. Like, I haven't been happy about a Pistons draft in a while. Hated the Luke Kennard pick. Remember that? I was like, man, they could have got that on Mitchell. Yeah, we do. I was very upset with that. They traded his ass away. Who cares? Down. They got Sadiq Bay. <clears throat> Sadiq Bay, I think, is gonna be like a, like one of the Morris twins, like Jay Crowder. Like that's his like. I think even with with Vassell, he might be like a better version 
of like a Morris twin without like the stupid attitude and like being just scared of the fucking ball in the fourth quarter. I think Sadiq Bay, <laughs> that's his that's who he will be as a player. And every team needs that. Five percent from three. Damn. Yes. Very happy. Um I don't know if you guys saw um the heat drafted like Precious Achua. And he is literally a heat guy. That is the heat culture guy that yep. you need. I did notice that. Like of course they drafted him. Why? Like, of course. Um, who wanted to talk about Maxi? Was that you, Roach? Yeah, I just wanted to. Did you did you say something to me about the Sixers getting Maxi uh, yesterday, or am I just imagining that? I don't know. I think Peter said that he liked Maxi a lot. I don't know if that's true. Let me go look the. Uh, let me go look at the minutes. Yeah, I need to reference. I need to reference the text. That were last night. Um, I don't know. I feel like like just hearing Maxi right now. I don't really like him. Maybe I did last night for some reason. <laughs> Zave, do you have any Let's opinions see. on Maxi? No. You no opinion. I just know he isn't that great of a shooter. <laughs> yeah, Peter. Maxi thoughts. Uh, Kentucky guy. Yeah, not. I don't know. I, to be honest, I didn't pay a whole lot of attention to him, so yeah, kind of hard to Maybe say. Maybe I just had a dream that somebody liked him. Um, I just think like that's a step in the right direction for like the Sixers. Like the Sixers historically have like take these projects, you know, like um, who did they pick two years ago in that really good draft? I don't even remember it. Mm. I have no idea who my dogs are losing their mind full time Luca calm down leave Kemba alone alright boys so draft was pretty crazy I mean it was kind of a shit show this year crapshoot if you would mm-hmm. not not really a clear number one I mean there was a lot of a lot of solid players that you could pick from there wasn't any one necessarily just completely stood out head and shoulders above everyone. But aside from the draft, there have been some pretty crazy trade moves done since the, since trades opened up. Um, Peter, give me your take on Rocco to the Blazers. Um, I think short term, Blazers are a win-now team, and I think that is the greatest trade, but long-term, it's not a good trade because you just got rid of two draft picks. And, I mean... Uh, really really short-term old. draft picks. Right. And, yeah, exactly. They were short-term. And I think this draft class, I don't think they saw a lot of value of what they're looking for, and I think they would rather have a, a more experienced player. So I think that trade right now, brilliant. I, I love that yeah. trade. I think I, did, I just didn't. I wasn't a big fan of the. I just saw two first. I didn't see like when they were or anything. But then after I looked at it, they got rid of. They basically just gave up this year's number sixteen, yep. and next year's first round pick. And if you think about it, I mean, they got they obviously have Dame, CJ, still got Nurkic, mm-hmm. uh, might bring back Whiteside. You're going to bring Covington. Yeah, I think they're going to resign Melo potentially. Like that's like you said, it's a win now team. Next mm-hmm. year's pick is going to be kind of inconsequential, anyways, and you yes. just get the epitome of what 
they thought they were getting with Evan Turner. I mean, <laughs> the perfect three and the perfect three and D guy to fit on that team. Yeah, I think I, he's going to help shore up their defense a lot. I mean, he's a he's a really great personal defender, as you saw in the Lakers series. Yeah. So, and I've always liked Robert Covington. Me and Stonewall always said the Sixers will never win a championship without him. So, and they won't. Yeah, I stand by it. Uh, I, I stand by that too. I think Robert Covington is is hot take the best fit they could get right now for what they got. That was like the best player they could get with that trade. I th- um, I think they thought two first round picks would get them somebody better, and then they realized like the market at their level of like draft pick just wasn't yeah. there. And, yeah, especially in this draft. And you can easily like if you're a Blazers like like front office guy, you can easily like talk yourself into being all right. We're trading the pick that is this Wednesday. That's ba- that's done already. Then we just got next yeah. year's first round pick. We're gonna be good. That's gonna be nothing. So you can exactly. easily talk yourself into like you're giving up nothing for Robert Covington, which and, I and you're giving up uh, Trevor Ariza, who's super old and yeah, he's like an experienced guy, but like that's not what you, you don't need a bench guy right now. Yeah, he's on the Pistons. Hell yeah, he's on the Pistons. Yeah, pretty nuts though. I, I think that's a. I think that is a very good trade. Say if we're gonna give you about we're gonna give you about ten minutes to just go off about Presty go. (laughs) Presty is the best GM to ever walk foot on this earth. Okay, quick disclaimer. Quick, can I just like before you get going? I told this to Fermunda. I just the Harden trade just automatically just pegs you to you can only be number two. So keep going. Wait, you can only be number two with as best GM of all time now because he traded away. You literally can't be the greatest ever because of it. Okay. I was just going to say, how has he not won an executive of the year in like the last three years? No one knows. It's disrespectful. I don't know how he didn't didn't win it last year. He won it last year. I don't even know. But anyways, so first, our first trade was obviously getting rid of Dennis. I didn't go through till draft night, but that was the first great pickup by the Lakers. The by first the way, trade, exactly what that team needed. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people were like, "They only got one first round pick for Dennis Schroeder." Interesting. And then you see he flips Danny Green for a first, which came in the Schroeder deal. So we basically got two firsts and a second for Dennis Schroeder and Al Horford. Goddamn. But the Al Horford finally got your guy. Con- <laughs> the Al Horford contract doesn't really affect us, I don't think, because we are rebuilding. We're not looking to win. We're not going to be big spenders in free agency because we're a small market. So we'll just write out that contract and say we have good players when his contract's expiring. A bad team will take on that contract because it's expiring to build up more money. So I don't think that contract really affects us. It definitely does. And then after the shooter trade, we had the Chris Paul deal, sending him to Phoenix with Abdel Nader. Rest in peace, Abdel. For Ricky Zay Rubio. will never give up on you. <laughs> Wait, what was that? I said Zay will never give up on you. Yeah, I won't. Ricky Rubio, Kelly Oubre, prettiest man in the league. Ty Jerome, no homo. Um, Jalen LeCue, <laughs> <laughs> who can jump out of the gym, literally. I was showing Lorenzo some of his highlights. He's he can literally jump out of a gym. 
He literally is literally nuts. he's actually kind of crazy. Like those those highlights of him dunking the ball were kind of wild. And then we got actually another wild. first round pick for Chris Paul. So the deal that sent Westbrook to Houston for Chris Paul and two firsts just added another first for Westbrook. So basically three firsts for Russell Westbrook. And two pick swaps in that trade, actually. And then on draft night, we freaking obviously made the deal for Horford and another first. And then we drafted a dog. Pokusevsky, seven-footer. <laughs> Could be a unicorn, Porzingis-like. And you send Rubio to Minnesota. So one thing that I was going to bring up about the Horford thing, kind of just you know adding to it, I'll put a little icing on top, if you will. What better player for this yes. Pokushevsky guy to learn under? I mean, like literally, you couldn't, you can't have a better, better mentor for him. And even just Horford, even though he's a shell of what he used to be, like that's still a great veteran presence for that team as well. Which is just something like a team that's rebuilding, like the Thunder, is just going to value. Listen, I guarantee you. People are gonna like Horford's gonna play decent because he doesn't have to worry about Embiid. Like he just doesn't have to worry about Embiid and like being in his way. Yeah, and like I feel like Horford isn't all that bad, anyways. No, and he's he's, obviously not worth twenty-seven million, but he's not terrible. And people were dogging like uh, the Sixers for giving that much up, and I like I don't think they understand. That's the only way they don't totally mess up this team they had to get rid of horford and i guarantee you daryl morey was making calls about horford getting traded like before he was in his interview guarantee it (laughs) (laughs) we have to do this they heard him him talking about horford trades when he was still in houston so he had to get out yes and like i mean i agree i think the horford contract's non-consequential to the thunder um and he's a good veteran leader. So, yeah. I mean, keep going with your... Uh, yeah, rumor is that we're trading Kelly Ray already. That was just like 30 minutes ago that Woj tweeted that. So, yeah. We'll see what we get to the Warriors. So, we'll see what we get for that. A couple more first, maybe. Who knows? I mean, I think a lot of the, the focus on that trade is going to be like, oh, the Thunder pull off another one. Like, Peyton, what do you think about Kelly Oubre with the Warriors? I mean, that's kind of huge. Warriors are panicking. They're in a complete panic right now. You can really? hear it. I think they are. I think they're trying to they're trying to compensate something right now for the fact that they need they need like a player that has a little bit of experience. And I think that experience comes from Kelly Oubre. So I think they're in a bit of a panic, but they shouldn't because they still have like two of their two of the three like main guys, I guess you could say. And Oubre's so, a good player. Like I hate this yeah. anti Oubre shit. From everybody. Is, but see, here's the thing. I think Ubre is like, he might thrive a little bit more. And I think Curry might like kind of dish that out a little bit more to him than like Devin Booker would because Devin Booker kind of wanted that spot. Like, not saying Devin Booker is like a conceited guy, but I think that he he's a little more wanting the ball and kind of take control because he can versus Curry's like, okay, I can still get like options out. You know what I mean? So I think like, it'd be very interesting to see him with Andrew Wiggins. I think that's a very interesting, uh, very interesting trade. I mean, worst case scenario, you put Wiggins at his natural position and make him play two, and then you put Ubre mm-hmm. at, the, at the three. 
It's probably what they would end up doing. Yeah, I yeah. think so for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I'll take on the Thunder. Yeah. If they hit on this Pokusevsky guy, we will be back. Our rebuild's already done. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, so, no bullshit. So listen, listen to this, Stone. I'm just gonna lay it out for you. This is. This is Xavier's thought process on the Thunder's moves. So you got, you got uh, Shea, aka oh, he Russell plays Westbrook. <laughs> yes, Shea, aka Russell Westbrook, Lou Dort, aka James Harden, <clears throat> um, Baisley, aka Kevin Durant, and then oh, of course Kuchevsky, aka Slur Jabaka. Yes, sir. That's I'm gonna go the, with a no, but okay. <laughs> bringing back, bringing back the 2012 OKC Thunder. No, but realistically, um, if we hit on Poku, Shea's gonna be great. Say Poku's great. Future MVP hot, of the league. I'm just saying. Hot take: Baisley's gonna be a freaking dog, and we have all the picks in the world to trade for whoever we want. So, I, if we hit on Pokusevsky, our rebuild might be done. Listen, I'm not saying I've turned on Baisley and Dort, but I think we just need to chill the fuck out, guys. <laughs> oh, I day. don't. I don't think Dort's gonna be great. Baisley's gonna be great. Uh, so with Pokushevsky, he reminds me a lot of like Dragon Bender during his draft. Like he got picked four because Porzingis just showed everybody that like this is possible, and then. Like Dragon Bender was kind of the extreme of that, and then he got picked fourth, and then now everyone saw Pokushevsky playing against the the Grease B League, and I was like, yeah, we're not touching that. But then, I mean, the Thunder. I mean, at the end of the day, he's like a top five prospect, I think, in this draft, and the Thunder got him. I mean, and he's the youngest. He's the youngest player in the draft. So yes. I mean, he's a, he's definitely a project. He just got to put on muscle. Yeah, but. I mean, he's a big project too. It's not like that. It was the same with Dragon Bender. Everyone knew Dragon Bender was going to be a big project, and that project just didn't work out. And I think the Thunder can put themselves in a position to work through a project because you have so many fucking picks. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, don't mind wasting one here and there. No, um, Peter. Thoughts on the yep. Bucks being in panic mode? First of panic all, mode it is. they blew their ass out for Drew Holiday. <laughs> and then they go balls to the wall for fucking Bogdan Bogdanovich. <laughs> Bogdan doesn't even want to play there. And they don't even, he doesn't even do a sign and trade. That is, so, that is absolutely let's, mental. Let's outline the Drew Holiday trade for the listeners real quick. So Milwaukee receives Drew Holiday for Eric Bledsoe, George Hill, their 2020 first round pick, which is number 24, 2025 and 2027 first round picks. So a total of three first round picks and then pick swaps in 2024 and 2026. So a total of five picks and two players for Drew Holiday. See who real Drew Holiday is basically the player they thought Bledsoe was gonna be. He's gonna take my takes. But now they're just getting Drew Holiday. 
Yeah, um, so I get if you spin it like that, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? But those picks are to keep Giannis. Like, that's what it, the big picture is. Is like, this is to show Giannis we're willing to trade, willing to spend money. Like, hell, we even were trading more people to get Bogdanovich and we're going to go in the luxury tax. Like, how many times have we been in luxury tax? You should have spent money to keep fucking Brogdon when you could have. But I don't think they thought Brogdon was worth that money. Was, I think, how I read that situation. I agree they should have kept Brogdon. I I get that, but... I mean, I guess hindsight's twenty twenty, but it was kind of looking like Brogdon was going to be that guy, and he's kind of that guy. So. He is. Um, what what do you think Bogdanovich not signing means for like how people perceive the future of the Bucks? Anybody? Yeah. So. So Bogdanovich not signing and getting traded, one, I don't know. Okay, so it's twofold in my opinion. Either one, he didn't want to be fourth fiddle on that team because he would have been fourth fiddle behind Holiday, Middleton, and Giannis. Whereas now he's he's one of the Kings featured scorers, right? Yeah. Um, versus, so either that, he just wasn't he the situation wasn't appealing or two it wasn't appealing because he doesn't think and this is what i think you told me stone he doesn't think that Giannis is going to stay like he doesn't want to mess around with Giannis potentially leaving and then him just being on another shit team yes i totally agree peter what do you think of that theory i completely agree i think that he he looks at it like you kind of hit it on the head, honestly, when you said the the you know fourth fiddle. You know you're you're behind three really good players in my like yes. very very good players, and you know I think he's young that two he MB- wants two MVP caliber players. Come on, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that he's um, he's good. But I think he wants to prove that he can be that he can be the number one or two. And I think there he doesn't feel like he's going to be, he's going to have that opportunity. So I think his value as a player, if he's money chasing, which I, I you don't know with any NBA player, if he's money chasing, that's not good for him because then he can't sign max contracts, you know? So I think with like a low, you know, a really, a really shitty team to be completely honest, he's going to be able to do that. So that's kind of my thought process on it. I mean, there's been players like this, like Gallinari did this his whole career. Like he was always yep. talked about of going on these teams, but he's like, I'm not t- taking pay cuts. Like, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I can get this money somewhere else. Winning a title really on really is on my priority list. And especially if you're Bogdanovich and that title window is one year, you yep. know, like you're yeah. not going to give up. Like, that's why people didn't want to go to Cleveland. Cause they're like, LeBron's going to leave. I don't want to be in fucking Cleveland. Like they don't want to be in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. So I think that is where it stands with the whole like there's a reason the Bucks don't get free agents. There's a reason they have to do these crazy sign in trades. So yeah. I don't know. Um let's talk about the Philly moves. Um Zave, what did you think that showed like their the what what did that front office make? Like, what statement did they make after they made all those moves? 
Um, bringing in Seth Curry and obviously Danny Green, two shooters who will also go back and fight on the defensive end exactly what they needed. And I think, especially around Simmons and Embiid, Simmons can't shoot whatsoever, so we obviously just surround him with shooters. And then Embiid isn't really a shooter. So I think trading for both of those players was really, really smart by Maury. And I don't know. It just they're obviously better than they were yesterday or yeah, two days sure. ago. So I, I like both the moves. I think both are smart. Coachine, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I was telling Pay the other day, Maury's gonna work some magic for that team. And I mean, you're seeing you're I think there's he's still gonna make moves. Like there's still moves for that team to make. But you saw the return of what made those like early Sixers teams with Simmons and Embiid, like when they first started playing together so good was that they were surrounded by complimentary players that could shoot the ball and fit their style of play. Um, and you're seeing them return to form like that same, that same mentality. Like this is the, this is how the league's going. We need shooters surrounding our playmakers. And I mean, that's gonna be their best shot getting out of the East with the Brooklyn Nets who are looking to load up with Harden. Yes, they are looking to lope with Harden. So, I mean, I don't, if I'm the Rockets and I don't think Harden's coming back, which it kind of looked like he's not, he declined a $50 million a year contract. If he's not accepting that, he's not coming back. Breaking yeah, news, good. Rockets, he's not coming back. Um, I think you just trade your whole fucking team for him except for Kyrie and Durant. Um, and like eight years of your draft for Munda thoughts. Yeah, it's balls to the wall, man. Um, Hart, yeah, Harden's not. Yeah, he's never coming back. I think Houston. It's time to say goodbye. It's time to get ready for your rebuild. Obviously, showed with you know Rocco and um, obviously Westbrook possibly being traded. Yeah, and and it's so weird that they have all these players. I feel like it almost stinted from the fact of Clint Capella. I mean, it's kind of weird to say going that far back, but um, I think from there, I think Harden kind of knew the the direction they were going, and I don't think he agreed. So I think losing Clint Capella really kind of showed him like, yeah, we'll build around you, but not in a good way and doing that small ball. I think to him that was kind of... You think Harden doesn't like small ball? I think very... I think... I think hypothetically, he looks at it as a basketball standpoint and thinks that is the dumbest thing that you could do. Dave, so, what do you think about what Fermanda just said? Uh, that Harden didn't really like small ball and he wants to play like in a better basketball situation. I think Harden did like small ball because there wasn't a fucking center down low to get in his way from driving to the hoop every play. So, yeah. And he, listen... Harden made his bread on like we haven't seen Harden in a situation that isn't small ball like that, and he is an MVP caliber player. His, his like his usage rate is astronomical, like off the charts usage rate shit. And I don't know if you can just like get rid of that in your head and just play with players like Kyrie and Durant. I don't know. Do you disagree, Rich? Can, well, keep going. So can I actually, can I actually yeah. make a, a statement on that? Actually, this. So basically what I'm saying in the fact of like, he doesn't like the small ball is after the matter of the fact, I think mm-hmm. if you presented him saying, Hey, 
here's small ball. Like you're going to be fed the ball probably 80% of the time. He's going to go. Yes. And I'm getting my money. Let's do it. But then I think he saw the fact that he was, they weren't productive. Like they should have been. And I think to him, he got sick of it. He understood that. Like, I mean, there was a statement that went out and said that he, him and Russell Westbrook both agreed that they don't like the direction that Houston's going in. So I think the fact he didn't like that they were going to, I don't think he liked the fact they were going to probably stick with that because they weren't winning as many games as that. They were probably going to be promised. So I think to that, he understands that you still do need more of a productive, a more balanced team, I guess you could say, quote unquote. So that's what I think. And I just think that's laughable that Westbrook's coming out and saying that shit. Your career was over. And then they traded yeah. Capella, and now you're dropping 30 a game. Cochin, thoughts on the Rocket situation and the movement maybe there? So, okay. So the news coming out from Westbrook's camp is that he doesn't want to be there, even though he's denied that. The news coming out of Harden's camp is that he is lying the Sixers or the Nets. He wants to join a contending team because he clearly doesn't think the Rockets currently constructed with their small ball lineup are going to be able to contend in a loaded West. So, I mean, at the end of the day, the Rockets have no incentive to trade either of them right now. They're both under mm-hmm. massive contracts. Um, they're prob- I mean, especially for Westbrook, what you're going to get back for him is like, I mean, I guess you can get, I don't know what you'd be able to get for him, depending on the team that trades for him, I guess. But you're kind of just stuck with that contract. I mean, yeah, you can move him, but you're going to take a loss based on what you gave up to get him. And then with Harden, you can get the house. Whatever you want. Right. But at the same time, I feel like you don't trade Harden unless you have a move set in place to also trade Westbrook because you're not trying to like rebuild with Westbrook on your team. If you have Westbrook, you might as well just keep Harden and run it back. Like that's your best chance. If I'm the Rockets, if I'm the Rockets, if I can move both of them, get a bunch of assets and just completely buy this rebuild with my new coach and new GM. Cool. But at the same time, they just don't have incentive to trade them because they have both of them under what? Two, three more years. Harden's two more years. I think Westbrook, I don't know if their contracts line up. Yeah. I think they line up. If I'm, but if yeah, I'm, I mean, keep going. That's that's how I see it. No, actually, that's how I see it. If I'm the Rockets and I'm thinking about rebuilding, I think I do want Westbrook there for those two years, just being inefficient as fuck, selling tickets, and losing a shit ton you of games. What? You're a genius, bro. You are a genius. I mean, exactly. Like you're selling tickets. People are buying Russell Westbrook jerseys, and your ass. The. Yeah, I guess that is a win-win. The 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 tanking stew main ingredient Russell Westbrook. That's the protein in my opinion. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think it's such an interesting situation because it's kind of like a reaction to Mori Ball, like all this shit blown up like Harden doesn't like Mori Ball, maybe, who knows. Westbrook doesn't like it. But he's gone. And then yeah. Westbrook Harden wants to go to maybe Philly where he is. And I, it's just such a weird situation. And I'm, re- I'm think, I think the Rockets are in trouble. I think they're going to be asked for like 10 years, like straight up. 
I don't know if you guys agree, but which helps the Thunder trade. <laughs> yes. Yes. What Thunder trade? Getting those picks <laughs> for Westbrook. I was gonna tell you <laughs> unprotected. This is the ultimate payback for the Harden trade. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're doing it right now. Um what else we got here? Um I have Kennard to the Clippers. I mean, I don't know if we want to talk about that a little bit. Um Luke Kennard, great player. Clippers need somebody that's not Lou Williams to be an attacking ball handler. What are your like thoughts it. on it, Zave? I like it. He brings more of just like spot up shooting, which is definitely what they needed. I think they just need to get rid of, they need to try to trade Lou Williams for something else. Yes. Because as we saw in the playoffs, he just got attacked on the defensive end and was nearly unplayable because along with getting attacked on defense, his shooting was horrendous. And get rid of Patrick Beverly. He's he's trash. <laughs> I well, and is the is the cat out of the bag on Lou Williams not being a playoff performer because we've seen him at that stage and he's his production clearly drops off. I think the cat's out of the bag that Lou Will is just a mirage of an NBA player. Like he yeah. wins the six, wins six man of the year and shit. Who cares, bro? If I can't play you in the playoffs, like, like yeah. Who cares? Yeah, yeah. Who cares that you're the best bench player on a team in the regular season? <laughs> Who cares? That, that's that's load managing. Yes. Star. Like, exactly, bro. He's playing <laughs> 30 minutes a game. What are we doing? Oh, my God. Fermunda, what? So you talked about, like, you... Um, put in the chat here about Hayward declining his contract, which yeah. is wild. What yeah. what does that mean for the Celtics? You think? I think the Celtics. Um, for the Celtics, it's a good move. I think Hayward's getting paid a little bit too much for what he's giving them. Um, if I had to pick an Eastern team besides the Heat, I'm like kind of picking the Celtics mm-hmm. only because of like their young talent. I mean, you have like Kemba Walker. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, who's like arguably one of my favorite players. I think he is a, a yeah. complete dog. Wait. Go ahead. Real quick. Do you mean, are you saying a team to come out of the East or a team to contend with the Nets? <clears throat> a team to contend. Let's, let's not act like the Nets are contender just yet, bro. Like, I mean, Durant, who knows if he can even walk. Bro, and God. then Kyrie, who knows? Kyrie Irving is well, arguably the most the controversial. It's the opposite with Durant for me. I'm going to believe Durant's Durant until he's not Durant. Yeah, that is true. He does. You're right. You're so right, dude. Thank you for calling me down there. <laughs> Let's if I see he's not Durant, then whatever. But for now, Durant's Durant. And we know Kyrie's still a dog. Continue, Peter. Whether or not it fits together Gordon, is another thing. I think Gordon Hayward. So right now, there's. It's so hard to say where Gordon Hayward's going to go, because how do we know like what he's going to go? You know, like yeah, yeah, he did decline a thirty-four million dollars. So I think that kind of shows he doesn't want money. It's hard to tell what team he's going to go to. Does he go to a contender? Does he go to a team where he wants to be the man? Are you ready for the boring answer? Does he go to a team where... 
he can be the answer. It, it's so hard to. Are tell. you ready I for the boring ass answer to that question? He's going to resign with the Celtics for a fr- uh, team friendly deal. Yeah, I think so too. I think he's not going to leave Stevens. And and contend. And I guarantee you, bro, he's going to sign like a team friendly deal, and they're going to trade his ass so fast. Because Danny a snake like that. Because he has a tradable contract at that point. Like if Hayward was, people are talking about Hayward getting traded, no shot he gets traded for that much money. But on that contract, no. no. But if he's Got making it. 18, 20 million, he's getting traded. That's a tradable range. If, if, if the Celtics were Hayward if the Celtics were Adams, need, Okay. You're insane. You go. <laughs> if the Celtics we're in dire need of some player and the Knicks had something to give up. The Knicks have come out and said they're taking they're basically dog shit, yeah. dog shit contracts for, for assets. The Knicks could possibly do something, but I think you're completely hit it on the head. He's either going to re-sign with the Celtics or go to a team that nobody's going to expect. It, it's <laughs> so to be chilling in Sacramento, I, bro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he'd fit, but it's so hard to tell at this point. The interesting thing was, I think that there was a report earlier today about like trade talks heating up between the Pistons and Celtics for like a Hayward, or not? It wasn't the Pistons; it was the Cavaliers for a Hayward and Drummond swap, <laughs> and obviously there'd be picks thrown in there towards Cleveland. But what? now that he declined, yeah, now that he declines that player option, that kind of throws that out of the window because I feel like I don't think he's going to resign with the Celtics. I don't. I mean, you don't because, think? So? I mean, I don't know. Mainly because he was thrown into trade, or like there was rumors that there was trade talks. So I, I think he might sign with one of the LA teams for cheap money. <laughs> but we'll see. What if he goes to the Lakers or Clippers? What? I mean, I think I that'll be crazy if he does. Like, if he turns into like a lesser Utah Jazz Hayward, but I'm just gonna say it. I think he's kind of ass. I don't know if you guys agree. I just I'm out on Hayward. I'm out. I don't think he's ass, but he's not. He's definitely not what he was. All right, let's go do a roll call. In or out on Hayward, Cochin, go first. In or out. I'm about out as far as anybody who's not trying to have a kid. <laughs> Peter, in or out? Out. I'm out. Zave, you in? I'm in if he goes to a contender. Unconditionally. <laughs> conditionally, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Which I no, think he will I'm go to still out. I'm out, too. I don't, want him to come to, I don't want him to come to a contending team and then break his fibula and not play that's the thing hayward just doesn't play bro like i get he literally snapped his leg in half but he just literally hasn't been the same like even if you watch him bro he just looks so timid yeah Yeah. it's unfortunate but it's just the reality of the situation yeah for sure um any any last nba thoughts anybody no, been a crazy past couple days. God damn, Strange. she's about to start. Wait to get back. I yeah, we literally said it's been a month. Hold my beer. I mean, I can't wait for LeBron to play like ten minutes on opening night. <laughs> just 
big F you to everybody. Like, yeah, I just won the title. I don't have to play game one. Um, okay, let's do a little quick NFL segment. Um, I'm just going to PSA. I fucking hate fantasy. Never playing again. So you guys can go from there. Shut up, Smell. Hey. That's my friend. Um, I'm just... My team's ass in our one league. My team's seven and three in the other one. I just have no motivation. I don't know about you guys. Peter, how's your fantasy looking? Um, I was on the upward, and yeah, I am winning the league right now, but I'm not having fun winning the league. So <laughs> um, it's, been, it's been not fun. I, yeah, that's the, the thing. I just have not been having fun. I don't know. My, my first pick this year, Saquon, and what do I get out of that? Um, a pile of hamburger meat. That's essentially what I get. I get nothing. <laughs> I get. I get. I get meat, bro. Hamburger meat. Hamburger meat, bro. It's just a pile of hamburger meat, bro. What dude, does that dude, mean? Some seventy thirty ratio slice. hamburger meat. Um, Dave. Just sucks. I'm in three leagues, and I'm in the playoffs in all three, and two I feel I can win. So it's going good. I'm winning uh, your family league again. So. Um, Roach, thoughts on fantasy this year? Honestly, I've had I've had a lot of fun playing fantasy this year. I think, I mean, I'm doing pretty well in both of them. Like, I think one I'm seven and three, and the other one I'm, I think I'm six and four. I just lost a tough one a couple weeks ago, but I think the the biggest thing with fantasy this year is just like if you're basing your picks off of last year, like. Like the players that you thought were good last year, they're not necessarily translating this year. There's been a lot of like waiver wire play and a lot of these unknown dudes coming out of nowhere and being like huge contributors. So it's kind of throwing the balance of fantasy off. Well, honestly. and and like and those if, same players, if your players get hurt, and if your players are getting hurt, then you're just fucked. And the the Which same thing with these waiver wire like pickups. I feel like a lot of them have been just inconsistent. Like. We hear, okay, Justin Jefferson, he's getting like 10 targets one game and then none the next game. And then two two weeks from now, he has 40. And I look like a jackass because I didn't put him in. So yeah. <laughs> I just don't know what to do. This has been the most yeah, like mind-boggling like fantasy. Like That's the thing. I've never had a team that has been so boomer bust. Like I've had like consistent teams in like the whole time I played fantasy. So it's kind of just throwing me for a loop because I usually figure it out. And I just haven't figured it out this year, so. Yeah. Fuck, dude. Yeah, definitely not ideal, but, I mean, I'm still having a good time. I got Kyler Murray for J.K. Dobbins and a half-eaten bag of chips, so. <laughs> You're, you are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Kyler Murray, I thought of this question for everybody. You can ponder it for a second. Which young quarterback would you want to have to start your franchise not named Patrick Mahomes? <laughs> Just a little bit. Let's, let's think for a second. Think. We'll let the wheels turn. Aaron Rodgers, 36 years young, baby. Let the wheels turn. Okay. <laughs> Zave? I'm being ignored. Who's your pick? I feel like everyone should say Kyler Murray. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a boring-ass segment. It might be, honestly. Well, I'm picking but, Kyler, too. Yeah. Peter, Kyler. Peter, yeah, you said Kyler? Kyler. Okay. Kyler. Jesus Roach, you saying Kyler? Boys. 
You guys are so boring, dude. It's easily Kyler. <laughs> okay. Okay. Let's I do like Josh list. Allen a lot, though. Look, yeah. Let's let's just run let's run through the list of guys. So, yes. off the top of my dome, I'm thinking, okay, Kyler Murray, Josh Allen, um, Lamar. Baker's a bust. Lamar. So yeah, Josh Allen, Kyler, Lamar. I kind of put them up in. Deshaun, I kind of put them up in, okay, these are the quarterbacks that have a couple of years of experience under the belt, and then you got the rookie class of this year. Insane. Burrow, Herbert, Burrow, Herbert, and Tua, all insane. The only reason I'm not going to I'm not gonna pick one of them is because it's their rookie season. And yes, they're playing well, and you would think they'd only get better, but I just want to see more from them. Whereas I've seen more from these other younger guys. So, I don't know. I... For me, it'd be a toss-up between Deshaun Watson and Kyler Murray. I just think Kyler Murray does more with his feet, even though Deshaun Watson's still capable of it. He's just so his change of speed, dude. He like he doesn't have a top speed. No, he can hit whatever speed he needs to hit. Yeah, like I, it just you're not going to catch him. He's just insane. Watching his highlights, he just hits a new gear every single time he has to run. He has to outrun somebody. He's outrunning them. It doesn't matter how fast they are. Like, are you, he's just one of those crazy athletes, and he has a really good arm, which is underrated. Bro. I'm taking him. I'm taking him over Lamar. The running ability might be pretty similar, but I'm just letting you know. Niff, I'm uh, out on Lamar. I'm out. <clears throat> I'm out. Is it because he's? Is it because he's fucking you in fantasy? No, I mean that might be part of it subconsciously, but I'm just out, bro. Like he can't throw; he literally cannot yeah. throw. Last year, every single one of his throws were wrapped to him with a tight little bow on top, wide open, and you just was looking at one dude. He can't read. Like this dude can't even fucking read. I'm sick of it. It it doesn't help that I mean, outside of Hollywood Brown, he doesn't really, and even with Hollywood Brown doesn't really have the best receiving weapons but at the same time that can't be an excuse like that's not going to make or break what you're seeing from him um and you can just see with your eyes like like and i okay i get just, hopkins is like a big difference maker like to that team last year that's what i'm saying he did it last year too with larry fitzgerald who's old but still can run routes like he's still a good football player but let's not act like he has, like he had, you know, Jerry Rice last year. So, yeah, everyone just chill out. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we just smoked that question real fast. I thought that was going to be a thought-provoking I, conversation. I'm going to lie. You know, I, I thought Peter was going to take his guy, Josh Allen, but, you know, <laughs> he didn't. And that's cool. Nope. He saw all he needed to in that the Cardinals yep. Bills game. Are I'm you ready good. for my I'm just gonna make a random ass like statement. The, the game tonight I actually bet on the Cardinals are not like they're the underdogs in the money line. I just bet the money line. I think they're gonna win. Russell Wilson's gonna throw a shit ton of picks. Buda Baker's gonna take one at least, you know, he's gonna have a pick six. I can already tell you that right now. I'm counting on it. He's gonna have a pick down to the two yard line. No, yeah. no, no, no. DK is gonna chase him down again. <laughs> yeah, and I saw this game before, and I really liked what the Cardinals did. So, 
Um, yeah. The Cardinals offense is just so good. Like, and their defense isn't bad. The number one offense in the league. And their defense has just been getting better slowly every week. Like, it's a bunch of young guys. And, yeah, I mean, you got a dog like Kyler. You got a dog like Hopkins. You're going to do some damage. Do you remember when? It's just make a couple plays. When Deshaun got, like, like, when everyone was, like, just realized that he was great that second year. Do you think this is the same hype? Like, do you think this is like equal in hype, or do you think Kyler kind of exceeds that because of his running ability? Anybody? I'm sorry to say that again. So, do you remember when Deshaun like kind of blew up his second year? Like, blew up. Do you think this yeah, Kyler hype yeah. is similar, or do you th- I think the hype is higher, honestly? Or maybe I'm just being like a victim of the moment. Um, so. Yeah, I think I think we are kind of just playing victim of the moment, if I'm being honest. Because, like I said, but when you look at them, their style of play is pretty similar. Like they're both very mobile quarterbacks. Both can throw the ball very well. It's just right now, Kyler is playing for the better team. So, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I'm not going to be upset if I have Deshaun Watson as my starting quarterback. No, like I wish I bet the Bears wish they had him as their starting quarterback <laughs> right now. But that's a that's a safe bet. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, I guess we're playing a little bit of victim of the moment, but at the same time, he's earning that respect on the field. So you can't really go wrong with either. Nope. But, um, I'm just saying, 30 fantasy points a game is sitting fine in my book. <laughs> I agree. Sorry, I have the wrong. My bad. Um, okay, I, I kind of want a little little gear shift. Didn't even plan on this. Tomorrow we're recording this on Thursday, right? Tomorrow, yes. Friday is Mandalorian Day. Like, let's just talk about this season so far. I mean, I don't know, Dave, if you watch, but. I watch. Good watch with me. I don't know if Fermunda's watched the most recent one. I have. But, okay. So let's just hit it with a big spoiler warning. We've all seen the show here on the pod. If you haven't got it in depth, watched, click off. Anything of this show, now is your warning. I'm extending it out. It's going to be like 15 seconds long. You will have no excuse to not get off this fucking podcast and go watch the show before we talk about this. If you get this spoiled for you, it is clearly your fault. Stop the clearly. count. It's the facts. All right, so jumping in, do it. I don't know if you want to recap this whole season or just last week. Whatever episode, you want, bro. But all right, I don't think we we haven't talked about it yet, have we? No. <clears throat> We haven't done a pod since it's come out. So, I mean, we did, but that's for another day. Mandalorian this season. Started off with a bang. Episode one. Anybody? Are you about to just do this whole thing? I I mean, listen, don't do an hour on the Mandalorian. Do like a minute recap. No, just just quick recap. Okay, episode one. Let me think what happened. Um, Oh. When they find the dude from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as the marshal with the boba armor. Wild. Oh, yeah, crazy. At first, I thought it... I didn't think it was boba. Now that neck was too thin, was bro. Like, yeah, that armor didn't fit. But I was like, 
damn, Boba's going to be in this seat, like in the show, right? Like his armor's there. They're clearly setting something up. Is what was my first reaction? And then watching him fight that dragon. The dragon from Kotor. Dope, bro. Knights of the Old Republic. Cannon. Let's go. Dragon that apparently that dragon that apparently is in episode four, New Hope. Oh yeah, isn't that the call he like Obi Wan makes to get the Tusken Raiders away? It was either that or it might have been that too. But I also just saw like this. There was like this scene when R two D two and C three P O are just like wandering across the desert, and there's like a skeleton. Just like sitting in the in the. Oh, it's one of those dragons. And I guess it was that thing. Yeah. Um, I thought that was pretty crazy. So. And so, then the end. The end reveal. Boba Fett. Just I mean, what we presume was Boba Fett. Hundred percent. On. The ridge watching. Spoiler alert! Again, he hasn't shown back up since then. No. So did I was kind of disappointed when, like, the armor showed up. Because I knew that wasn't him. And then I was like, damn, this is the Boba Fett shit we're getting. Like, that's all we're getting is the armor. Makes sense. Dude died in the Sarlacc pit. And then at the end, for a good two seconds, bro, I see the dude's face from Attack of the Clones. And it clicks. That's Boba Fett. Because he's the clone. I didn't even realize that that was (laughs) that same actor. Yeah. I mean, he looks a little chubs, but... We'll take it. So in episode two, I don't even remember what happened. Episode two. Um, then they episode f- two was the planet. They take the frog lady. They get, yeah, yeah, they crash yeah. land on that ice planet. <clears throat> that one was action packed. Uh, kind of a separate little side story, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you, this this Mandalorian is literally a video game. Like how it's set up, like all these side quests, main story quests, like, oh, go get this and then you'll get yeah. Boba's armor. Like, literally a video yeah. game. So, yeah, they're stuck, stuck on this planet for a little bit fighting spiders. That's basically all the episode is. See, X Wings, Peter, I know you thought that shit was dope. Oh, it was amazing. I loved it. <laughs> and then, uh, uh, yeah, Zay, go ahead. Zay, what was, what was your favorite part of the episode? Of the spider episode? Yeah. Um,. Baby Yoda just munching on just those eggs. I'm like, please, bro. All episode. <laughs> what are you fuck, bro? Oh, so funny. So, yeah, that's every basically that. Xavier, every time he ate one, I was, I just like looked over to Xavier, and Xavier's like, what the fuck? What is he doing? <laughs> Literally eating the last of this species kind, bro. Like. And I thought I thought that frog chick was gonna notice, and apparently, be pissed. Didn't yeah. didn't notice her kids were dead. Yeah, she didn't keep a head count for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, that was, yeah, that was cool. Those spiders are creepy. Um, and then going into the big one, episode three. Finally get to the planet, drop off Frog Lady, uh, looking for Mandalorian. We see Sasha Banks on that planet. When she's on the, when he's on the shit. WWE superstar yeah. Sasha Banks. Just on the docks, chilling. Um, Frogman, <laughs> frog woman's husband, tells Mando, "Hey, this is <clears throat> this is uh, someone who can help you find these Mandalorians. Links them with this fisherman guy. <clears throat> Takes him out on his boat, and they just double crossed him. They just wanted his armor. They were just kind of messing with him. 
And I thought he was done, dude. I did. I mean, I didn't think he was done, but I just didn't know how he was going to get out. Yeah. Of that that trap once they kicked him into the and into the water. Baby Yoda was getting gobbled, so I was like, "What the hell's going on?" And then that's part of the episode. So take it away. So some Mandalorians show up. The fact that I watched Clone Wars, I'm so happy I did now because the Mandalorian yes. like, plot uh, in Clone Wars is so good. It actually helps. Like you don't need to know like who Bo Katan is, but the fact that you see her on live action is wild. And That's anyway, what I was telling Xavier the fact that I know these characters, you don't need to know them, but the fact that you do just adds even more to this show. And uh, so Bo-Katan shows up with Sasha Banks and this other dude and uh, turns it up. Then they take off their helmets. Mando's about to lose his shit. Pedro Pascal's about to just throw down like, listen, who the fuck did you get that armor from? I'm about to beat this ass right now. I know you just saved me. I don't care. I'm taking this fucking armor. And then it never occurred to me, bro. He got picked up by Death Watch when he was little had no clue that yeah. that was a civil war on Mandalore and that there's these two factions he's with fuck he was raised by fucking terrorists little does he know yeah. and, I was trying to tell I explained that to Xavier how there's like religious Mandalorians and there's actual like Mandalorian people I mean there's like the three seasons worth of like Content, like if you just add it all up, of this Mandalorian Civil War and Clone Wars, and it's it's so cool. It's so it's in depth. So cool. And so she, the Bo-Katan chick, is actually the rightful queen of Mandalore, the original planet. And the fact that she's there, awesome. Then she name drops Ahsoka Tano. Oh, you want to find a Jedi? You can find Ahsoka Tano. They were super good friends in Clone Wars and even in Rebels a little mm-hmm. bit. Ahsoka Tano gonna be played by Rosario Dawson, the Padawan of Anakin. The fucking dope! Oh my god, I'm so hyped. This Monday, do you think we see Ahsoka tomorrow? Mm, I think it's hinted. I think it's hinted. We might see her at the very end. I think this is gonna be about him getting there. Yes or no? No. You don't think we see her at all? I, I mean, yeah, I just told you, but then you said definitive yes or no. I know. I think we get a little so glimpse. No. I think we I see think. her. We see, like, her f- weird-ass, like, head shit from the back. Right. Like, watching over, like, a sunset or something like Boba. Do you think the Mandalorian most- is going to give up the baby eventually? So, this is the thing. Like, once he finds Ahsoka, right... And then he shows his baby. He's gonna know, like, she's gonna tell him about Yoda, right? Then, where do we go from there? Like, do are we going to look for fucking Luke Skywalker? Like, I just don't know where we go once he meets Ahsoka. Like, does she want the baby? Does he... Do they tell him about, like, well, all this shit? <clears throat> Yeah, and I don't know the Rebels storyline, so I don't, like, outside of Ahsoka and the Clone Wars, I don't know how she was in Rebels. She's kind of like a gray Jedi type thing, wasn't really a Jedi, she was just in one with the Force. So that's, yeah, so that's what I mean, like... Is she turned on the Jedi? 
Bo-Katan knows Ahsoka was a Jedi, right? But then yeah. she's not necessarily going to treat... I mean, Baby Yoda's not, or the child, whatever the fuck you want to call him, not going to be necessarily raised as a Jedi under Ahsoka because she doesn't really believe in just pure Jedi, right? Yeah. Like, she was kicked out of the Order for some bullshit reasons, and then they asked her to come back for bullshit reasons, and she said, fuck you. She's like, so, fuck this, bro, I'm out. <laughs> Honestly, like, I don't know. I, I, it's obviously not going to just end with the child being handed over. Like, I feel like something's no. going to come up, like you said, where Ahsoka might inform the Mandalorian, um, like where else he could take him. But also something that's interesting is how old is Ahsoka going to be at this point? She's going to be old. Yeah. So... I don't know. That's it's like she's gonna be older. Like I don't know. Yeah. I'm just super interested, like what the future of the series is because it's so cool. And like, are they gonna have the foresight to like end it before it gets bad? Because let's face it, every show gets, every great show eventually gets bad. And yeah. I don't know if okay. like in four seasons, yeah, if we're down. That for like a random ass episode where he helps a frog lady, you know? There's literally one show that I've see, personally seen through that is not bad. Clone like, Wars? And it's breaking bad. <laughs> Clone Wars as well. That's a kid's show though, like the just, bar's pretty low. Clone Wars is a kid's show, but dude, that had some deep storytelling. The last season, like the last four episodes of Clone Wars might be the greatest thing I've ever seen, like that I've consumed. Like, yeah, that was pretty wild when we watched them. So, I mean, this conversation kind of dominated by me Just and exciting. Roche. Thoughts, Peter? What, what's what's in the future of Mandalorian? What are we thinking? What are you excited about? What storylines? I it's so hard to say. I don't know. I I'm just enjoying it. If you want me to be completely honest, I just, I try not to think so far. I just really just, I thoroughly enjoy watching it and letting it do its thing and enjoying it. That's just the best way I can put it. <laughs> Zave, thoughts? Okay, so I don't really know too much. Okay, yeah, this is perfect then. Like, from never this watching Clone Wars and shit, like, you're consuming the Mandalorian, basically just the Mandalorian. Like, you don't really know all that lore and yeah, shit. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, it's literally still, like, a great show, even though I don't know, like, all the background to all these people and all this stuff. But, like, eventually I've learned more and more just by, like, watching the show, and I think it's definitely intrigued my interest in Star Wars more, because I've never really been, like, into Star Wars like that, except, like, as a kid, we had, like, action figures and stuff, but I was never really, like, into Star Wars, and it's definitely triggering a little bit more of my it's definitely triggering more of an interest for me in like the in-depth star wars storyline so but it's yeah it's a really great show i mean it's perfect how they did this show because it's literally just a western in space and then it's in the star wars universe so i mean mm -hmm. westerns yeah. were obviously are very successful they've fucking ran hollywood for 30 years so just bring it back an oldie but a giddy um I'm like damn it's so genius like oh mandalorian's dope oh wait 
I can watch the Clone Wars and learn more about these yes. things. I watch Clone Wars. Oh, damn. There's a Clone Wars. They made movies about this shit. Let me watch these movies. Oh, so damn. Perf- that's the there's perfect segue. Movies after the Clone Wars. Oh, damn. There's movies after the original trilogy. Oh, damn. Like, it just constantly, it just drip feeds you to more and more content. And I think, like, Star Wars is something, like, you're either in or out. Like, you either like it or you don't. <laughs> like, you either like it a lot or you kind of fucking hate it. And that's what I think, and like, this... If you think Star Wars is for children and you're above it, fuck you. <laughs> I love it. Um, I kind of want to talk about Cold War a little bit before we wrap up. Um, I'm going to say best CODs and fuck-ups, too. I said it. You know, at the core, I can see, I can feel it in my balls. Like, the game is there. Right now, it's missing a lot of content, which will get filled in as the year goes on. It launched with, like, the second fewest maps of any COD ever. Ten less weapons than Modern Warfare last year. Um, but, I mean, the core of the gameplay is fun. I mean, like, we talked about it, Stone. It's just it's fun playing again. Like, I'm not just grinding like I was Modern Warfare to grind. Like, I'm actually enjoying myself when we're playing these games. and it's definitely refreshing to see the core gameplay be so good because you can always fill out the content around it. So I don't know if you use Ave and Peter, if you saw this, um, like a pro, like your favorite Peter, Doug Sensor Martin posted a screenshot and it was like, none of his friend, none of his pro player friends had a KD over 1.8 because of yeah. skill based matchmaking. Well, so I'm not going to give a lot of input because um, I haven't played. So, yikes! My input is takes? irrelevant. What are your takes on skill-based matchmaking in general? Do you think it belongs in Call of Duty? I mean, it's always been in Call of Duty, but do you think strong skill-based matchmaking? Not as strong like as matchmaking that prioritizes skill over connection. Yeah, I mean, like I've like. So my two roommates, Caleb and John, Caleb, one of our dearest friends, friend of the uh, dearest friends, they uh, <laughs> they play, and I've watched John play a couple times, and the skill based <laughs> matchmaking is out the wazoo for him. I mean, like he's going like so. 25. Just in general, I'm just but, talking, yeah, I'm just well, talking I, about I, general for Call of Duty. I, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 leading to that. So how about you shut up? Okay? <laughs> um, I just All right, why don't you fucking lick my phone? <laughs> I'm, I'm kidding. Oh my god! Whoa! Right. No, Carol's gonna listen to this. I think, I think it needs to be toned down in this one, but I think it still needs to be there because, like, pro players can go into a lobby and pubs and just go like a three zero, you know, pretty easily. But Which I think that, sh- I that think should be how it is. Better. Huh? That's how I think that's how, how it should be. Like, if you're scump, yeah. you should be just duking on everybody. Yeah. So, but well, and here's the thing: like, there's going to be random games where they don't do as well because it's all random. <clears throat> I mean, okay, it's not as simple as no skill based matchmaking versus yeah. some. Like, there has. I think there has to be like some sort of like I don't know protected. The the, intro, the introductory players should be protected, like players that are new to the game. And I think be, historically they are. On. Like in and those like, old cons, they definitely were. I get that, but I'm talking about like yeah. modernizing the game, modernizing right now. There shouldn't be 
Because that's how that's the boat I was in. When I jumped into MW2, bro, I was getting pooped on. Like there was no holding it back. I had to beat my head against the wall. But at the same time, it was gratifying to like become better at the game playing yeah. against those players. But I don't know. I just think where multiplayer games stand now, especially Call of Duty being more of an arcade style shooter, like it's not competitive in nature. So I don't see why you're trying to make it super competitive when I have one good game and skill-based matchmaking kicks in and I'm put into a lobby full of sweats. Well, that's the thing. It's Whereas, not like I'm having just like kind of good you know games. I mean? I'm going off in some of these games, like 60 kills and like 20 deaths. And then the next game I'm going yeah. like double neg. Like yeah, it's just it's, wild. It's kind of all over the place. I agree. I think, I think it'll help a lot once they release a ranked playlist because you'll have a lot of quote unquote sweats guys who want to try actually try at the game will be playing in that ranked playlist and it'll kind of weed it out a little bit but there's always going to be players who will play pubs just to pub stomp as the olden players know about I don't know it's a hard balance because us as a as a like I said so we're the minority of the COD community like yeah. <clears throat> players who players who are hardcore at the game, like take the game seriously, want to do well and actually play like seriously. We're the minority and they're trying to retain players and skill-based matchmaking for the casual player is good. But well, I'm sure if you look at try, like, yeah, for those who want to try and compete and get better at the game, even if it's not competing at the highest level, but still just want to do well, it's frustrating to constantly have to butt, like sweat every single game. Like I can't try. I feel like I can't try all the things I want to be able to try in the game because if I don't run the best weapons, I'm not going to do well. I agree. So to wrap up, I'm just going to say good rest in peace to the MP5. You get nerfed into the ground. Um, so that's all. That's all for the Untitled Podcast this week. Um, our boy Zave, Peter, thanks for coming. Um, Roach, I'll probably see. I'll probably talk to you next week. Uh, see ya. Peace.